This is KRP, Ken's Random Podcast. Welcome to KRP, Ken's Random Podcast. I'm Ken and certainly am random. I'm happy to have as my guest today, Steve Favas. Steve is the designer of B08, a social robot and an advanced AI display smart speaker. He holds patents in advanced humanoid robots, social robotics, and smart speaker technology. I started uh, my, my first company, you know, maybe, maybe maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, actually, my entrepreneurship started basically in, in college. Uh, I was just looking for a good job, and I started with uh, information technology. But before that, my my father was uh, 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 really into programming. He was visually handicapped growing up. And uh, he, I, I was about six years old when I started reading uh, computer programming books to him. And uh, I just wanted to help him out. You know, no six-year-old yes. was interested in programming. After that, uh, you know, it just kind of kind of sticks in your brain when you, when you start reading stuff like that when you're six years old. <laughs> so uh, technically, my, my programming background is is a little bit more, um, I want to say OJT or on-the-job training. Absolutely. There's, there's still a, an, an actual uh, academic portion to it. So mm-hmm. I studied computer science in college. And then uh, after that, I worked at Electronic Arts for a bit and, and worked in the game industry for maybe another 12 years mm-hmm. and then uh, founded my robotics company. Some of the unique perspectives I have on robotics and robotics training is from the game industry and us being able to create worlds and specifically for my patent, accelerate that world. And so many people, first off, when you mentioned artificial intelligence, it's like they have no intelligence. It just blanks them out. But it just the people that do get it, I don't think they understand how how much of this comes from gaming where it's all imagination. Let's put it in this box, you know? Absolutely. You know, art, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of not just STEM, but STEAM, which is that, that art is very important from music to visual arts. Sure. Uh, visual arts, you know, game developers have a huge visual arts training. Being able to visualize your thoughts is absolutely critical for uh, for not only making stuff, but uh, showing people what you intend to make. So what do you particularly do with your company at this time? Uh, You know, obviously artificial intelligence, but what are you doing with that intelligence? Yes, that's a really good question. Um, We we literally have, we're we're building the, the prototype, technically be walking within two years, assuming no major problems, basically. So um, when we started the the podcast, we were in a very echoey room, and uh, that was my CNC shop, basically. So we just literally acquired our our, our CNC equipment, and our boards are uh, almost done, basically. So, but two years from now, you'll have a walking model, correct? That's the target. Yeah, two years or sooner. So something scares me about artificial intelligence. Actually, a lot of things do because <laughs> not artificial intelligence, but lots of things scare me. Are you familiar with Isaac Asimov? Yes, yes. I, you know, I, started cutting, I started cutting through some of his books, but uh, I the writing was impressive. But man, you know, my my time schedule is so crunch. I was I was reading some of them in the car, but uh, uh, it 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 didn't hold my attention for too long because it's like they're ingrained in our subconscious as far as the three laws of robotics. You just hear about them repeatedly. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was kind of the punchline of the book and the thing that gives away the story or the. Spoiler. spoiler spoiler that's right yeah i felt like we, we've been given the spoiler before we had a chance to read the books basically so 
Right. For, for people that don't know, Isaac Asimov was an incredible writer. At least he was, you know, in, in my book. Oh, he was a writer in my book, get that. But anyway, he had three laws in his books about robots. The first law is a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. And the other two are basically look at law number one, that'll give you an idea. In a way, I'm I'm scared of the fact that artificial intelligence may one day have a robot that says, eh, I don't like this old guy here. I'm just going to terminate him. But it's even deeper than that with me, because I think that artificial intelligence is slowly taking over the world. Bear with me. You can laugh and, and whatever later. But, you know, when you've got autonomous cars, uh, autonomous Roombas and things like that, where things are thinking on their own with no human input after a learning process, what's going to happen when uh, they learn everything they can get from us humans and they say, you know what, we don't even need these people and they get rid of us or we, we need bodies to, let's say, manufacture oil so we can continue. But other than that, they're useless. You know, I, I mean, is that a possibility in 100 years? So what you're addressing is is uh, a lot of fears, and uh, they could potentially be realities. Basically, there 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 are there there are plausible scenarios. Mm. But with with my with my type of uh, AI, basically, um, it's kind of like raising your uh, child. It's almost like AIs are you, you raise them like you want, and not only that, but before the the logic uh, comes out of the actual. Uh, simulator you could read their thoughts and if you don't like the logic then you don't have to bring it out in the real world mm -hmm. which brings it does bring incredible responsibility as far as who's training these things at the worst case scenario um if ai does uh, get loose or i call it unleashed ai mm -hmm. the only thing that's going to protect us from an unleashed ai from you know a, a a foreign state that's doing something like that is another ai yeah okay that answers a lot right there, and it, it raises the question for me. It's so we have some mad scientist in China, let's say, <clears throat> uh, comes up with something that'll destroy the human race. That's one thing. And some people say they've already done it with the uh, coronavirus. And, you know, it's like, yeah, no, not, nothing leaked out. We weren't doing that. Yeah. How, how much can we trust Russia and China or any other whack job out there? You know, it's uh, that's one of the things I worry about. Well, in my in my humble opinion, uh, zero trust through Russia and China. They're going to toe the line. Um, I, I my perspective is this this uh, this virus was made in China. I think that's starting to come out now. And uh, the fact that it was released intentionally or unintentionally shows a significant amount of irresponsibility to what it has done. And, you know, people thought that nukes were bad, but we saw what uh, a biological could do now. Right. So, um, so I, you know, the best, the, best, the best thing we could do as far as from the AI perspective is make the best AI we can here domestically and make sure it does protect us. And it is, it is ran re with responsibility, such as a nuclear uh, warhead. Right. That much responsibility is behind it. So no. um, this isn't something that everybody's going to be able to train or make. I'll be right back with my guest, Steve Favas. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. That's right. Free. That's pretty enticing right there for me. 
And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or your phone. Now, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor will help you make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's easy. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Steve Favas. So far into artificial intelligence, it just at the first sentence of reading your bio and things, I was like, should I interview this guy? This is way above my pay grade, but I've got a lot of thoughts way in the back of my head. So let's get to them. Okay, so we got artificial intelligence. I was concerned that it would take over the human race or destroy the human race. But because of Asimov's laws, it's not going to happen, right? What's going to happen when people say, oh, I can build this thing to do my particular job or partially, and we get to the point where a person is not needed. Oh my God, that's the checkout at CVS or the checkout at Sam's. When it gets to the point where we have remotes for everything. When I was a child, I was a remote control for the television. Were you the remote control for the television? Uh, yes, I also used to build remote control cars, remote control airplanes. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're 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 way out there on the on the beginning of it. Well, I'm looking yeah. at it this way: I get up to go turn TV on and off. Okay, I go to the icebox, I go to the stove and cook something, or I I do anything physical. And one day we're going to have so many automatons, whatever you want to call them, that we as people won't have to move around. And I think about all the people with cellulite I see at Walmart because they never get up to move around. What's going to happen when there's no point? I I don't have to move. I I don't have to get in my car. It's going to come to me and things like that. We're just going to become all, I don't know, cholesterol-filled people. Tell me about it. You're making me think of the movie Wally, where they left the planet and it was extinct and they're just sitting on their lounge chairs that move around for them automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where where I want to say humans are obsolete. I don't think we're ever going to be obsolete. I, I really feel, you know, I think there's a spiritual aspect to us. You know, I'm kind of a you know, I'm still I've, I still have a huge spiritual side and uh, we're beyond uh, what I can make to the best of my ability, basically. We still don't really know how the brain works. We cannot really rebuild a brain. So, or we can't even make a brain. So there's still something going on that even the best neurologists or neuroscientists can't explain basically. So um, my machines, basically all they will really do is mimic human behavior to the best of their ability after the humans train them. Most of these robots are going to be used in extremely dangerous positions, such as firefighting, uh, very intensive uh, labor, intensive stuff, repetitive motion. And I, I believe that gives us more of a human element when we're not stuck down and bound to these tough, extremely hard to do jobs, breaking our backs or risking our lives for something that robots should really be doing instead of humans. So I believe there's going to be a more of a synergistic effect between robots and humans in the sense that people will have more time to live their lives and be human beings and not robots. It's interesting that, you know, we're talking about make jobs easier. And I was thinking earlier about making jobs obsolete. Photography 
and audio, two things that are very close to my heart. I did photography for ages and I was in radio forever. Right now, you can go to a website that does artificial intelligence voiceover. I tried it. It was flat scary. I typed, yeah. I typed in something and I said, I'd like a female British voice. Man, I did it perfect. I mean, I could yeah, tell because I, I was in broadcasting. I could, there's, there's something about it, but the average citizen can't. So it's like make voiceovers obsolete for $15 or whatever. And I'm thinking, I made some pretty good money doing voiceovers. And so what's going to happen if all my customers say, I'm going to that machine, I'm screwed. Well, if you use the machine yourself, you could you could emulate any voice that exists with no training. And also going back to the automation and AI and stuff like that, I'm gonna use a, a music analogy. Okay. Um, in the in the 1970s, you know, drummers had souls. Yes. <laughs> and then for some reason, something happened in the 80s that got really cold and really robotic feeling. Now there's some good music in the 80s, but to me, as you know, a, a music appreciator there was something that happened in the 80s that was kind of different that doesn't really feel good to my to my uh my uh music ears basically sure um so and and it came back again around the nirvana era when they just started using more i want to say natural sounding instruments with with a human attached to it so right. i don't believe i don't believe machines will ever be able to capture emotions nearly as close to or as good as a, a human will perceive them or will be able to create them. So they can emulate some of the best artists, some of the best photographers, for example, uh, movie people. But remember, they're being they're still being trained by those by those creators or those artists. Well, they're not know, making a, they're they're not making this stuff up by themselves. They're still being trained. There's still a training set that comes there. So it's still, it's, it still is coming from the human. All right. So think about this: Photoshop. Man, in the last five years. So many artificial intelligent things have been done in there. And I see it, you know, on YouTube, some of the people I follow, look what you can do with Photoshop now at the push of a button. And lo and behold, you can. And it's it's flat scary. I mean, with the uh, quality of phones these days, plus all this artificial intelligence in Photoshop, uh, there won't be a lot of people hiring senior photographers, wedding photographers. Get my drift. Am I, am I going too far off? Um, well, if a robot can move around and ask people to pose properly, I guess, but, but for the most part, you know, people still like people and, uh, there's something about the, uh, like I said, the human perspective and emotions that I don't think will be very easy to duplicate, but it will be possible to emulate as far as like giving the illusion of, of those, uh, human emotions and stuff like that and acting like it, but it, it won't, I don't believe it'll ever be to the point where it will actually, um, I want to say replace what humans actually feel. It, it'll only emulate, it'll only emulate what people can say by parroting basically, but mm -hmm. robots won't have feelings. I don't think they ever will unless they have a, a real natural, uh, brain of a human basically. So interesting. I, I think you've answered all my questions. I'm not as worried as I was before, but there's always <laughs> a room yeah. for error there, you know, uh, anything that you can uh, share with us about upcoming events in your, your business, or maybe just see the future for us. Cause I, I distorted your picture. So we are doing a, a fundraiser. We're doing a series a round pretty soon here. 
Um, we should, we may be closing within a month or two or whatnot. There's still opportunities for investment if you go to far-corp.com. Again, far-corp.com. We're very, very bullish about what we're doing, basically. Um, we have uh, uh, probably one of the world's most advanced uh, robotics patents as far as humanoids. And that, uh, that um, patent and uh, simulation technology is also transferable to other technologies, basically. So... Mm-hmm. But for the most part, uh, for, for people that are worried about uh, advanced AI, the only thing that's going to help us against a bad AI is a good AI. So I'm doing the best I can to put those checks and balances in there to make sure it's a good AI. So <laughs> you sound like the NRA. The only thing that can stop a gunman is somebody else with a gun. Or how about, oh, my God, ransomware has taken over the world. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh, man. man. Yeah, I'm ransomware. Just, there should be a no, 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 uh, no bargaining on ransomware. So there, there should be no, uh, like the no hostage. We don't negotiate with terrorists, kind of thing. There should be a no. We don't, uh, we don't uh, negotiate with ransomware. I think that's a huge exploit that's being taken advantage of at this point in time. So, I, I'd like to hear Liam Neeson say, "I'm going to find you and kill you." Uh, before the dawn of time, I was in the army and I was in cryptology. Oh, well, thank goodness. you for your service. Really appreciate it. You're quite well. Actually, I have a hat somewhere. But anyway, uh, oh. first off, I got to experience machines that actually had modules in them. And you'd have a module about an inch by two inches, and it was one flip flop. And when you think about everything is crammed into a phone, that's scary. But we would have certain lines that we could communicate from where I was in Germany to Washington and Saigon and things like that. But somebody could pick up a line so nobody else could access it except for us. And we get some clowns. We talked to them and said, look, we've got a general needs to talk to somebody, get off the call. I'm, I'm talking to my mom. No problem. Just plug that patch cord into 120 and it would take care of that problem. But you can't do that with this. <sighs> Bummer. Hat ransomware. Yeah. You know, I actually got to visit the uh, NSA crypt, uh, cryptological museum and got to use that Enigma machine. So uh, it was, they were actually real Enigma machines used by the uh, Nazis. Remember what that, that encryption uh, spawned. It basically Turing, Turing created a uh, universally programmable uh, computer that can not only handle cryptology, but it can also handle universal programming before it was a one one um, machine to each program, but now that made it so there was one machine to any programming. And I'm kind of doing that analogously with robotics, basically. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad I could. And what's really disheartening, we were sworn to secrecy, just like everybody from the president down, you know, and when when Edward Snowden came out, I could have shot him myself, but you know, that's, that's totally a different story. Yeah. There's a lot of people lives at risk with, uh, with cryptology. There's a reason why it's there in the vetting process is extremely important for, uh, for cryptology, crypto cryptography and stuff like that. There's a reason why you have that privileged, uh, position basically. So when you went to the museum, did you happen to see, uh, something called a KG 13, or the HY2 or the KY3? You know what? I was so fascinated with that Enigma <laughs> machine because it's like that that thing, you know, it was awful. But what happened was human ingenuity just wrecked that machine, basically. And I, I couldn't believe what it, it, it spawned after the, the Turing machine spawned a whole revolution in computing, basically. It was I, I couldn't believe it. It was a bad thing, but Turing counteracted it and created something that is 
affected us tremendously since then. So yep. just one, but I, I didn't see that one. So yeah, there, there were three different machines. One, the HY2 just converted analog to digital. So oh. you talk into it and you'd sound like Darth Vader and oh. it would go into the uh, KG 13 and there it would get scrambled beyond belief unless you had the computer card. And this was speech around the world, right? We studied for a year at Fort Monmouth. We got security clearances. We had top secret before going to Germany, much less once oh. we got there, there were more and more. And now I find out the Russians knew about it probably six months after it went online. Wow. Wow. So, it's it's um, it's crazy how fast information spreads, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Imagine it, how fast how fast it's spreading today. This was this very, very, very secret stuff. And the Russians knew about it. Obviously, they didn't tell anybody. So all those background talks about the Vietnam peace talks, troop movements, the Russians were like, nah, 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 we know all about it. That was uh, crazy. But anyway, we had a good that's time. Crazy. I learned some stuff. I learned how to solder real well. So that's. Oh, good. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, a, that's a fascinating background. That, that's really interesting. So this. Well, we, we can do more of it sometime. I could, you know, uh, did you watch the series MASH on television? Yes, I, I grew up with that show. That's right. Yes. The section I was in in cryptography, we were mashed just without bodies. Wow. I got I got stories. But I, got stories. <laughs> I, I would love to hear these stories. So. Yeah. Maybe we could do a private podcast or something. But Steve, absolutely. Steve, it's been an immense pleasure. And, and thank you for your work with artificial intelligence. And I'm going to hold you to it, buddy. If you screw up, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Steve, give us your website again. So if people want to go find out more about you or obviously become an investor. For sure. That's far-corp.com. That's far-corp.com. My guest today was Steve Favas. You can get more information on his company at far-corp.com. Thanks for joining me today on KRP. On the way out, please hit the follow button so you'll be notified when the next random occurrence happens. In the comments section on Facebook, tell me what podcast platform you prefer and offer guest ideas. I'd appreciate it. This is KRP, Ken's Random Podcast.